I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, in San Francisco, the biggest political split isn't Democrats versus Republicans. It's moderate Democrats like Mayor London Breed and District Attorney Brooke Jenkins, and progressive Democrats like Supervisors Dean Preston, Connie Chan, and Shaman Walton. So, who counts as a real Democrat in San Francisco? That's the question being asked by my colleague and longtime friend of the Fifth and Mission podcast, Chronicle City Hall columnist Heather Knight, who is here. Heather's been following a skirmish in San Francisco's Democratic Party over to whether to put that party's stamp of approval on a new group called the Westside Family Democratic Club. We'll tell you who they are in a minute, but what is clear is that the club may be considered too far to the right politically for the city's Democratic Party power brokers who for years have tilted far further left. Heather, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me back on the show. Thanks for coming back. Heather, who is the Westside Family Democratic Club? Well, you've probably never heard of them because they don't even exist yet. It's a group of families living on the city's west side in the Richmond, Sunset, and west of Twin Peaks areas. They're parents who have been involved in public school issues and park issues, slow streets, the effort to keep JFK Drive, Car Free, and Golden Gate Park. A lot of them have just come off other issues like those and decided they wanted to keep their political activism going, so they banded together to try to form a new club, the Westside Family Democratic Club, that would aim to promote public schools and public transit, safe streets, nice parks, more housing, and they wanted to make an effort to register more voters and keep families and parents in San Francisco, a city that notoriously has fewer kids than any other city in the country and where families are leaving all the time. All right. So for those who don't follow Democratic Party politics <laughs> in San Francisco, which is it's a big deal. It involves endorsements. It involves this this power struggle between moderates and progressives. Tell us about why a group like this would want to get chartered by the party? Why would they need this recognition? And how does that process work? So there's something called the DCCC in local political parlance that stands as the Democratic County Central Committee. All Democrats who are registered with the party in San Francisco can vote for members of this group. And other elected officials to state and federal office, anybody from Dianne Feinstein to Scott Weiner, automatically gets a seat too. And this group meets so often to make endorsements. They have very powerful endorsements. Your chances of winning office if your campaign flyers have endorsed by the San Francisco Democratic Party go way up. They also charter smaller groups around the city. There's 23 chartered littler Democratic clubs, of which this one wants to be the 24th. And they can register voters, hold candidate forums, make their own endorsements. So they're kind of mini versions of the bigger club. And in this case, what happened? Walk us through it. There's a very specific set of rules, things you have to prove to get chartered. You have to have a certain number of registered Democrats who want to form the club, fill out some paperwork, pay a fee, and then you go to the bigger DCCC meeting, and it's almost always a rubber stamp if you've done those things. But in this case, it wasn't. What happened? The parents who were trying to start this group thought they'd done everything right. They confirmed that they had all their paperwork in order with the people who run the DCCC and expected it to kind of sail through. But public comment happened first, and there were two public commenters who had a major issue with this club, kind of made some really wild accusations that came out of nowhere. One issue they had a problem with was that the club had invited Supervisor Joel Engardio, one of the more moderate members of the Board of Supervisors, to an event. He was a leader in the school board recall movement, 
And one public commenter who was avidly against the school board recall said that the fact that they were associating with him shows that they're racist and they're Republicans and anti-Black and they should not be chartered. Another um, public commenter said that this club wants to make San Francisco a gated community and the use of the word family in their title was a dog whistle for right-wing politics and then used a bunch of F-bombs. So those two public commenters were pretty shocking and seemed to have really swayed this group and these strange ideas they planted really took hold. And soon the members of the DCCC were quizzing the one person in attendance, one of the club founders, are you really Republicans? Are you accepting dark Republican money? Are you racist? What is your sexual orientation, gender identity, racial background of all the members? Where do you stand on the recall? Where do you stand on market rate housing? And you could tell he was just like shell-shocked and, and not prepared for these questions at all. But Heather, this is a big division in the city that we saw play out, right? Yeah, of course, everybody knows there aren't very many Republicans here, actual registered Republicans. But there's been a lot of infighting between different shades of blue for decades. But it seems like it's really heated up lately, especially with the recalls and, you know, other big issues facing San Francisco. It seems like increasingly, if you don't agree with somebody on every single issue, then you're cast out as not a real Democrat. They use the term dinos, Democrats in name only, or you're perhaps a secret Republican funded by Republicans. That came up a lot in the recalls. And people would say, no, look, you know, my registration is Democrat. I support this, this and this. I voted for this person. I'm with you on like 90 percent of issues. But for some reason, it doesn't matter. One observer, Janice Lee, a member of the DCCC, who's quite progressive herself, said that she's just so sick of this exclusive, you can't sit at my lunch table type politics in San Francisco. It makes her very uncomfortable. She called it like mean girls. She voted to charter this club, but she lost and the majority voted to table it. Heather, you do write, though, that there are suspicions that there were very specific reasons for voting this group down, right? Yes, Honey Mahogany, the chair of the DCCC, also supported, along with Janice Lee, allowing this group to get chartered. They they lost out. And Honey told me she suspects that a real reason for some resistance towards chartering this club is that they could have power on the West side to try to get one of their preferred candidates, a moderate, to beat Supervisor Connie Chan in next year's supervisor races. But as Honey said, that's no reason to not allow them to exist in the first place. And, you know, the Democratic Party is supposed to be the inclusive party, a big tent that accepts all types of people with varying viewpoints. And you can fight for your viewpoints and should fight for your viewpoints. But to just exclude people from participating at all is not what democracy is really all about. All right, Heather, hold that thought. I want to ask you more about that in a minute. But first, a quick break on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. If you have a comment or there's a story you think we should cover, let us know. You can email us at fifth, that's F-I-F-T-H, at sfchronicle.com, or leave us a voicemail at 415-777-6156. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bullwood, joined by Chronicle City Hall columnist Heather Knight. Heather, we were talking about how some progressives in the Democratic Party in San Francisco may not want to give power to a group to perhaps swing 
a supervisor's election in the future, which, of course, could swing the balance of power on the board of supervisors. So how do you square that? I mean, in one sense, if you have the votes, you have the votes and you can try to control this group and Democratic Party politics. But you're making a different argument. Yeah, I mean, the group's own bylaws say exactly how you can get chartered. And this group followed those rules. So if they want to change the whole you know, idea behind the San Francisco Democratic Party and not have it be a big tent that welcomes all Democrats, then they need to be more explicit and change their own rules. But to just say groups I like who follow the rules will get chartered, groups I don't like who follow the rules won't get chartered, doesn't sound very Democratic to me. In a larger sense, you've written a lot about the fight for the soul of San Francisco. In many ways, this is a debate about the vision of what kind of San Francisco this should be. This is a debate, but you call it toxic. What do you mean by that? What do you think is being lost in this tension? I think that people are so wedded, not everyone, you know, just some are so wedded to their own little corner of the political spectrum that anybody who doesn't agree with them on absolutely everything is just cast out, no good, you don't belong. We have so much bigger fish to fry. I mean, if you compare San Francisco to the, the nation, our politics are like millimeters apart on this giant political spectrum where there's so much hate and political polarization. And most Democrats in San Francisco believe in equality, you know, civil rights, women and people of color and transgender people having the same rights as everybody else. And we stand for the same core common beliefs and to be fighting over strange accusations of Republican dark money that are literally based on nothing. It just seems like a distraction and prevents us from banding together to solve our big problems. Well, that said, I mean, do you believe that progressives and moderates can get along in San Francisco? Do you believe that we're headed in the right direction? I think we can. I don't think we've seen signs that we're headed in the right direction yet. (laughs) But let's hope for a brighter future, Damien. All right. So what happens now with this group? Well, one good thing is that the co-founders or attempted co-founders of this club have been talking to some of the members of the DCCC who had real problems with them. And there seems to be some understanding, as is usually the case when you're not fighting and screaming at each other in a meeting, but actually sit down one on one and talk things through in a, a normal, civilized way Then you can understand each other. And that sounds like it's beginning to happen. Honey Mahogany said that she will put this back on the calendar for another meeting soon. It's not clear whether this group has the votes, but it sounds like they'll get another chance to make their case. Heather, you wrote about the accusations that were thrown out against this group and how they divided a lot of people. Tell us about that. One of the most shocking things when I listened to the meeting back was to hear the accusation that they were even wrong to include the word family in their name, the Westside Family Democratic Club. Multiple people said that that can be a dog whistle for right-wing politics, which is very strange to me as a, a Democrat and a mom raising kids here in San Francisco. I've never thought of the word family as being like, you know, a bad word or mean anything other than what we all think it means. And this group made the point, many of them are in the LGBT community, and they made the point that if you consider yourself a family, we consider you a family. We're not saying anything with the word family. It's just, you know, a group of people that love each other and live together. And that was very odd. I think that what they are hoping to do is really work on issues that are important to families in San Francisco, like clean streets, nice parks, good public schools, good public transit. I don't really know why those would be considered controversial. But Heather, don't you think a lot of this 
stems out of the sort of trend in San Francisco where the moderates have gained some momentum through the recalls. The moderates feel like they have the votes now and they're wielding power. And, and here you have the DCCC that has a lot of progressive support, maybe pushing back. Yeah. Recent elections have showed that the progressives in San Francisco can usually get 30 to 40 percent of pretty much anything they put on the ballot, but they need to get past 50, obviously, to win. And I just don't think that making baseless accusations and accusing anybody who disagrees with them of being a Republican or having ulterior motives or being, you know, bad in whatever way they think is going to get them there. So it's a confusing strategy to me because you need more, you need a majority to win and they haven't shown that they have that in recent elections. So digging into this my way or the highway idea just isn't working and doesn't seem very smart to me. Seems like we should all be working together to solve the city's problems. Heather Knight, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to my guest, she's Chronicle City Hall columnist Heather Knight. Thanks also to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.